Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I always like to just tell you how much I appreciate you sharing the show with your friends and family. And so today... I wanted to kind of do a show that I've always really enjoyed and one that I think is really, really important for us as humans. And this is called Let Them Love You. So I want you to think about that. Do you feel loved? Do you feel wanted? Do you feel understood? Do you feel like somebody really gets you? See, these things are so, so important for humans, for our own well-being, for our physical health, actually, our mental health. And so when we say something like, let them love you, well, who's the them? You know, actually, anyone can be them. See, love can come from anyone, anywhere, whenever grace is extended and kindness is given. It can be a random compliment or even just a smile. Acknowledge, accept it. You know, whether you believe it or not, don't steal from the person their desire to extend grace and mercy to you by just acting kindly. God is constantly reminding us that love covers a multitude of sin. So what does that really mean, love covers? Well, I've covered for my friends and family before. They've covered for me while I got my act together, right? So love covers people. It doesn't mean that love accepts bad behavior. It means that we are wanting to love the person through the drama or trauma that they're in so they come out a better human. So if you say that something covers or hides the quote-unquote multitude of sin, you're implying that it hides something unattractive or that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really reveal the true nature of something. When actually covering or hiding is a gift of grace. It means that those who love us won't expose our quote-unquote ugliness if and while we're working on repentance and change. So God puts no time limits on those attempting to change any ugliness. Unfortunately, you know, we as humans may not have the same endurance that God possesses. He is also a contemporary with us. 
While we are attempting to change, God is with us. This, in and of itself, is difficult to fathom. I, you know, I want to run from my proclivities and my selfishness, my absence of integrity. All those things I want to do in the dark. I, I'm hoping no one will find them out. So it's a beautiful thing that a perfect God is willing to be with me and willing to help me while I change, even if I'm fighting him on it. So I want you to think about this. Allow those who love you to support you as you aspire to be the best version of you. No one can do it alone. So if you find that there are strings attached, you can say no. Or you can say, I wish you would have told me you were needing or wanting something in return. What can I do now? If I can't do what they're expecting, let them know in the future it would be helpful to know what you're needing or wanting in return as a way to clarify whether or not I have the ability to respond in kind. Otherwise, I'm set up for possible failure. So you've heard the saying, random acts of kindness. Well, why may it seem easier to accept kindness from a stranger than from our own tribe, our own group? I don't know. Maybe because you don't feel so indebted to the stranger? That could be a boundary issue, possibly. Are you deciding for them what they're expecting in return? Now, see, you can always ask. You can say, I'd like to repay you in some way. Truthfully, the payment that means the most to them is you continuing to live as a changed person due to their kindness. Let me tell you that one more time. The payment that means the most to people that have extended grace and mercy is that you continue to live as a changed person. That their act of kindness actually changed you. So don't feel that you owe someone if they do a good deed or give you a compliment. I, they did that on their own volition. But simply say thank you. It means a lot to me. See, I love doing these random acts of kindness in, in, in my, the life that I live. And I had one really fun one the other day. I was at Safeway, and there was this little African-American boy with a Spider-Man suit on. I've never seen anything so darling in my whole entire life. I, I'm, I'm serious. It was so, he was so cute. And his mom was there, and I, wa and I was right by their, you know, cart. And he's sitting in there, and I looked in, and I said, Are you the real Spider-Man? Are you the real Spider-Man? And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. His mom starts laughing, and he was so puffed up. He was so proud of himself in his Spider-Man suit. And it was just fun for all of us didn't cost anything, right? So don't feel like you owe someone if they did a good deed. Just give you or give you a compliment or something. Just simply say thank you and be kind enough to say thank you authentically and to practice not reading into things more than you need to. So if you feel like you don't deserve it, well, don't insult the person who gave it to you because you're believing negative feelings. Let the love they're extending to you heal whatever insecurities, heartaches, or shame you may have. Be willing to love others. See, the better your boundaries are, the more loving you can be. Loving someone doesn't mean you're committed to them. 
Extending grace doesn't mean they owe you anything. See, love is just this gesture that helps us feel a little better in the hardship that this life is bringing us. It's like a relief. It's a breath of fresh air when someone's nice to you. Think about how you feel if, you know, traffic is bad and somebody actually lets you in so that you don't have to wait for 10 minutes before somebody is, there's actually an opening. It makes your day, right? Think about how it feels when people give you a compliment. And so instead of saying, no, no, it's not really that, blah, 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 I want you to say, thank you, that really helps. So when you're willing to love others, the better your boundaries are, the more loving you can be. See, loving someone doesn't mean you're committed to them. Extending grace doesn't mean that they owe you anything. But when you think about the better your boundaries are, the more loving you can be. You see, when I said that to that little boy, oh my gosh, are you the real Spider-Man? It didn't cost me anything. In fact, it was one of the most fun things I did that day. He was so proud of himself. And his mom was grateful that her son was seen by someone. And so this is where we want to really make sure that we're, when we extend grace, it doesn't mean they owe you anything. See, if you're looking for something in return and that's why you gave it to them, I wish you would just stop because it, it doesn't help anybody. So when you think about love and think about a love language, well, if it's a gift, accept the gesture and be grateful for the thought. Don't allow suspicion to steal it from you. Maybe they, maybe they do have a motive. I don't know. You still have a choice as to how you perceive it. So if there's invisible chains and cords or, you know, if undisclosed expectations, well, simply ignore it. You didn't, they didn't tell you that they needed more or that they wanted more or that you should have, could have, would have done it this way. So it's not your, it's not your problem. You just simply say, okay, well, I just thought it would be a nice gesture and move on. So you can also remind yourself that you don't have to be a mind reader. And this is really important because if not, we allow suspicion to steal from us. Because maybe they did have a motive, I don't know, but you still have a choice as to how you perceive it. If there's invisible chains or cords, if undisclosed expectations, we'll just ignore it. That's the boundary. I don't have to be a mind reader. I don't have to figure it out. I can simply enjoy it. And that is super, super important when we are letting people be kind to us. So this is where we think about this beautiful little tiny verse in the Bible that says, God is kind, you be kind. And this has helped me tremendously in my life and in the work that I do because I, I'm allowed to just be a kind person and, and I don't have to check and see if it fixed anything or changed anything. But I know that I gave like a drink of water to a very thirsty person. And that's all. And in that moment, they had some strength, some good feelings, some relief. And so when you think about this, this verse that says God is kind, you be kind. Kindness supports peace. And let me tell you something about peace. Peace loves to linger. It loves to hang out. 
It loves, peace is a quality that it loves to give gestures. It, lo- it loves to calm things down. And so God is a God of peace. See, he only goes to war if and when there's a need to protect, restore, save those who are oppressed or harmed or wounded or injured and needing a rescue. Otherwise, God is always a God of peace. So we're going to look in this next segment about that famous chapter, which is 1 Corinthians, and it's called the love chapter. And I think it's a good refresher because I enjoyed reading it again. It helped me to understand really what this is about. So stay, stay on the show, and I will talk to you in a couple of minutes. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And as always, I so appreciate you listening to the show and, and telling your friends about it. And I want this to always be a place that is uplifting for you, even if we're talking about hard subjects. So we are talking today about let them love you. Now, I don't know about you. However, I know that sometimes it's hard for me to let people love me. Sometimes it's because I really feel bad about something and I don't feel like I deserve it at all. And so it just doesn't fit. I wish they would maybe like yell at me or, you know, I don't know, slap my wrist or something. And so when we say, let them love you, I want you to think about who's them. Anyone, anyone. You can let anyone love you. I mean, you're a grown adult. You can stop whatever they're doing. You can tell them, hey, stop. I, don't, I can't take any more of this. Or, yeah, this doesn't feel right. Or you can just simply say thank you and walk away. So anyone can love you. And it doesn't mean that you're now in relationship with someone. So when we think about this idea of love and that love covers people, what we want to think about is this is how God intended for love to be. See, when we go way back in the Bible and, you know, Adam and Eve figured out that they were naked because they didn't really know they were naked until they, until they, you know, ate from the tree, right? So all of a sudden they're naked and they're embarrassed. So what did God do? He covered them. That's what he did. He covered them. So if you say that something covers or hides the multitude of sin, what you're implying is that it's hiding something unattractive or does not reveal the true nature of something. Somehow, whatever the nature of something, it got convoluted somehow. And so when we think about this love covers a multitude of sin, what we're saying is it doesn't mean that it didn't matter. It doesn't mean that the sin is like, oh, we forgot all about it, right? What it means is I'm giving you opportunity to fix it. So if someone harms me in relationship, I can give them opportunity to apologize. If they broke something and they are willing to fix it, even better. So I want you to think about this idea of love covers and hides a multitude of sin. It doesn't want to expose your sins. This is a quality of love. It loves to help you get better so that you're not embarrassed about your behavior. So it gives you an opportunity to learn and change. 
So covering or hiding is a gift of grace. See, it means that those who love us won't expose our ugliness if and while we are working on repentance and change. So I've had, you know, different friends in my life, um, boyfriends, uh, family members I have, and I love to extend grace. And sometimes I have to recognize that, wow, you're taking that grace that I'm offering you because I'm offering you grace to heal so that you don't keep doing that stuff and hurt people. So if I'm offering you grace to heal and you take it as, wow, now I have more opportunity to do whatever I want to do. I have different, and that's not the freedom that God is calling when he says that love covers a multitude of sin. So God puts no time limits on those attempting to change any ugliness. Unfortunately, you know, we as humans may not have the same endurance that God possesses. So he is also, though, a contemporary with us while we are attempting to change. This in and of itself is difficult for me to fathom. See, I want to run from my proclivities, my selfishness, my absence of integrity, all those things I want to do in the dark and I hope that nobody finds them out. Well, it's a beautiful thing that a perfect God is willing to be with me and willing to help me while I change. And he's not grossed out by me, right? He's not shocked. He's not like, I never dreamed Cynthia could do that. He already knows me. He's already accepted me. So allow those who love you to support you as you aspire to be the best version of you because no one can do it alone. Now, if you find that there are strings attached, you can say no, or you can say, hey, I wish you would have told me that you were needing or wanting something in return. What can I do now? So if you can't do what they're expecting, let them know in the future it would be helpful to know what you're really needing or wanting in return as a way to clarify whether or not I actually can do the thing that you are needing or wanting. Otherwise, I'm set up for possible failure, right? Now, you've heard about these, uh, these uh, random acts of kindness, right? They are pretty fun and cute. Now, why may it seem easier to accept kindness from a stranger than from someone in your own tribe, right? Well, maybe because we don't feel indebted to the stranger. So this could be maybe a boundary issue. Are you deciding for them what they're expecting in return? Because you can always ask. You can always say, hey, I'd like to repay you in some way. Truthfully, the payment that means the most to them is you continuing to live as a changed person due to their kindness. So don't feel that you owe someone if they do a good, if they do a good deed. Or give a compliment or simply say, hey, thank you. It means a lot to me. So be kind enough to, to thank, you know, be kind enough to say thank you authentically and practice not reading into things more than you need to. If you feel like you don't deserve it, don't insult the person who gave it to you because you're believing negative feelings. Just let the love they're extending to you heal whatever insecurities or heartaches or shame that you may have and be willing to love others. The better your boundaries are, the more loving you can be. See, loving someone doesn't mean you're committed to them. Extending grace doesn't mean they owe you anything. 
So when we talk about love, and love is a language, it is a gift. So you accept the gesture, and you be grateful for the thought. Don't allow suspicion to steal it from you. Maybe they do have a motive. You still have a choice as to how you perceive it. If there's invisible chains or cords or undisclosed expectations, really, simply ignore them. That's a boundary. I don't have to be a mind reader. So I don't have to make sure they're okay if I'm feeling like, hmm, this, this feels a little convoluted. So let's go back to this beautiful, this beautiful statement, God is kind, you be kind. See, kindness supports peace, and peace loves to linger. Peace is a quality that expands. Kindness is a quality that's catching. See, God is a God of peace. He only goes to war when there's a need to protect, restore, and save those who are oppressed, harmed, wounded, injured, needing rescue. So when we look at the love chapter in the Bible, practice this on and towards yourself. Make it easier and more natural to give to others when you do that. So I am regularly reminding people, the love chapter, practice on yourself. Give yourself that love. Now, it feels weird, and I know that it does, but it's very powerful when you are willing to forgive yourself, when you're willing to understand how you did that dumb thing. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the love chapter in the Bible and letting people love you. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're just now tuning in, we are talking about the love chapter. And we're talking about practicing this on and toward yourself. Because if you do, it makes it easier and more natural to give to others. And so we have this famous chapter in the Bible that is 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to read some of it to you because I think it's so profound. And what it says, it starts in in verse 13. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I've gained nothing. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is 
in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection is in the mirror. Then we will be able to see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of all is love. So let's think about that. Because we know that we want to be loved. We know that's what we need. So I did some uh, research, and I found a man that really, he's a Ph.D., and he really works with intimacy and also including spirituality in the intimacy. And so he talks a lot about the hidden reasons that we don't let people love us or don't let love in. And so some of what he is saying is very, very helpful because he talks some about attachment theory. And we, we have talked somewhat about attachment theory on the show. And attachment theory is really based on infants. You can also see it in your animals. That once you attach to somebody and see if we have an infant that is not able to attach, they die. So if you're a person that can't attach to people because you're so afraid that they're going to do you harm or they're going to see you for who you really are, whatever the fear is, whatever the, the feeling that you have that says, I can't, I, can't hum- I can't humble myself, I can't even expose myself in that way. Because what happens is the fear of acceptance is, is magnitude. It's huge for humans. It's huge for mammals. So if we are not accepted, and you've probably seen this on Animal Channel if you watch it, where if an animal isn't in the group or accepted by the group, it does die. And so when we talk about attachment theory, it tells us that we're wired to pursue love and acceptance. That we need love. We need to be accepted for who we are. It doesn't mean that acceptance is agreement. And I've reminded clients of this regularly. I say, you know, I I don't agree with everything you're doing, but I do accept you as a human. I accept you. I don't like everything you're doing. I don't think it's good for you. And so there might also be a corresponding, less visible fear, you know, when it comes to the fear of acceptance. See, if I'm afraid of acceptance, I need acceptance, I want acceptance, but I'm afraid I'm not going to be accepted, then I might begin to do things that aren't natural to me. I might be able to copy language that people are using. I might start copying behaviors that they do simply to be accepted. So the fear of rejection makes a lot of sense. See, if we've had a steady diet of shame and blame and criticism, we learn that the world is not necessarily a safe place. So something within us mobilizes us to protect our tender heart from further injury. But this mechanism doesn't always discriminate. See, our defensiveness, that structure, is there to safeguard us from the prospect of rejection. But also, it saves us from (laughs) acceptance and welcoming. It's a scanning antenna, and it's working to protect us from danger. So thank you for joining me today. We have one more segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we're going to talk more about acceptance and agreement.
Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you again for just visiting the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You also can order the books uh, straight from there. And I love the comments that you're making. I really appreciate it a lot. So we are talking today about love and letting people love you. Now, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, there have been times in my life I did not feel comfortable letting people love me. And this, this is a true story. This, this really happened. So I was in a sorority when I was in college, and I was a freshman. And I came from a family that was not affectionate at all. And so it was all about behavior. And, you know, certainly they, t- I think they loved us, right? But nobody said the word, I love you, in my family. And so I remember thinking, wow, I feel like maybe the people in in my sorority might love me or might like me. Well, they did. All right. Now, not they don't like and love everything I do, but I was very accepted in my sorority. And so I can tell you that that really made a difference in my experience in college. And so I began to know what it felt like to be hugged by somebody, to someone to say, I love you. And these were foreign to my family. My family was not structured that way. Now, my family wasn't bad, but they weren't very emotional. And so I learned how to let people love you outside of my family. So I want you to think about what does love actually mean to you? If you let someone love you, what is it that you're letting in? Are you letting in acceptance? Are you letting in forgiveness of that person? Are you needing forgiveness from them? So I want you to think about what is it that love does for me? What is the gesture? Because love can change itself into all kinds of different, you know, ways of being. And so love can can take something from you because it needs to be taken away from you. Love can give something to you. Love can remind you of a mistake so that you need to go fix it. Love can remind you of your worth and value. So when we think about this idea of love and how very complicated we make it many times, because it's scary, because we all need it. See, there are some things that, you know, is a want, and there are other things that are a need. And love, being seen, being a part of a group, having someone know you, not everything, but have an idea of who you really are. These are imperative for humans. So this is why we want to talk about this idea of how about loving others. So when you are letting maybe people love you, then are you letting the love they're extending heal you? Are you letting it work? Or when they, when they give you that gesture of love, Are you kind of tearing it down and ripping it apart and saying, yeah, but you know this and that and that, and when you said this and that, instead of just saying, this is a mistake-making human, they're loving me the best they can. And I'm not saying that as an excuse. If I, you know, I have people in my office that say, well, I'm doing the best I can. And I say, no, you're really not. (laughs) So we need to work on that. But this is important for you to, to recognize that if I'm willing to let others love me, then I also need to have boundaries. 
And we've talked about boundaries many times on this show. And boundaries are more about, you know, the loving you can be and loving someone the way you would like to love them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're committed to them. See, extending grace to someone doesn't mean we're in relationship. Now, if I'm in relationship with someone and they need grace, then it would be a good idea for me to extend it to them. That's an act of love. But we can extend that love to strangers. And I love this verse, and we we talked about it um, just in the last segment there, that God is kind, so you be kind. And I tell clients this all the time. I say, you know, God is kind. If God were not kind, we would all be dead and wouldn't have even known that we ever existed, right? So God is kind. We need to be kind. Because the species of human comes straight from God. He's the one that created humans. So think about this. What if they have a motive? Well, you still have choices as to how you perceive it. If there's invisible chains or cords, you know, undisclosed expectations, you can just simply ignore them. That's the boundary. I don't have to be a mind reader. And I don't have to recognize and do it perfectly. So when we think about this idea that God is a God of peace, he only goes to war if and when there's a need to protect, restore, save those who are oppressed, harmed, wounded, injured, and needing of rescue. That's the heart of God. And we see this in the love chapter. And this is what we want to practice on ourselves and other people. And it's easier and more natural when you do this to give to others. So 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in the tongue of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love, I gained nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And it goes on to talk about, you know, where there are prophecies, they will cease, where there are tongues, they will be stilled, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And it, and it says, you know, for in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And this is why the gospel is talking about when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And that's acceptable for children. But when I became an adult, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And this is very important for us to recognize. The way that we love people has so much to do with our own insecurities and wanting to do it right 
or judgment that we put on someone and say, I'm not going to love that. And this is where we want to remind ourselves that every human, every human, every red-blooded mammal needs to be loved. And we have a tendency to put kind of all kinds of like restrictions on this. So I will love you if, or I won't love you if. And this is where we have to say to ourselves, why am I withholding love to someone? Simply because I don't like how they acted? Or that maybe they did something really heinous? Well, I don't have to judge them for that. I can simply walk away. I don't have to be in relationship with people that do heinous things. I have choices about this. Because what I'm wanting you to work on is making sure that your heart does not become corrupted with the world that we live in now. Because this world is very different than what I understood when I was growing up. But the world is still very viable. God is still doing really big, cool things. And so when we think about this cliche about you have to love yourself first, well, I want us to really kind of think about that. <clears throat> because this goes against or goes with the attachment theory. And attachment means that you need to attach to someone in order to be fully human. And any human that cannot attach dies. So we see this with babies. When they are born and they don't have a mom or a dad to take them immediately and say, wow, we claim this person. People in that situation grow up and have difficulty attaching to other people. And this is why it, begin, it, you know, it starts to create a fear of acceptance. It starts to create a fear of rejection. And so it's kind of like we have this steady diet of shame, blame, criticism. And we end up learning that the world is not a safe place. And this is where we want to really work on acceptance. And acceptance can be very frightening. And there are some scary implications for acceptance. But we are social creatures. And we need to be interacting with other people. And so what you want to think about is, hey, if my fear keeps blooming, I'm not going to get to know anybody. And they're not going to get to know me. And I am not going to manage well. This is not good for humans. This is why when we have people in solitary confinement, they usually don't last out the, the whole entire years that they're supposed to be there. So we want to be absolutely recognizing the way humans are made. And humans need to attach. So think about, you know, you, you're watching TV and all of a sudden somebody on one of the shows you watch is taken off the show. Right? You feel it. You don't even know the person. You don't even know the person. And you can still feel it. So acceptance of others can be very frightening, but this is really part of love. And if we can't love people for who they are or love them for whatever it is that's going on in their life, we're going to have a hard time with attachment. Now, I, I always remind people, love and acceptance, okay, are, don't always, they're not always the same. I can love a lot of people I don't like. Doesn't mean I accept everything that they do. So what we're wanting to work on is if I can be the best version of me, I can inspire people to be a better version of themselves. I also hurt people less. I also am hurt less. 
So if you have blocks to receiving, you know, things like compliments or attention, you know, if you shut down, you know, you might want to think about, hey, what's going on with me that I am pushing away the very thing that I need? And I want you to really consider the idea of perfectionism because our country falls into perfectionism quite frequently. And we are never going to get what we need if we fall into perfectionism or put that on other people and needing them to be perfect or I can't trust them. So we're all growing. We're all learning. We're all trying to be the person that we're supposed to be. At least I want to assume that the majority of us are doing that. So I really want to champion you to be the best version of you. And what that means is acceptance of you. It's first accepting you. And always remind yourself, acceptance doesn't mean agreement. I accept myself in a lot of ways. It doesn't mean I agree with everything I've done. So I'm so glad you were born and you have what it takes to do the will of God on this earth. And I want to encourage you to really focus on that and to recognize that you are here for a reason. It is not happenstance. It wasn't like you just showed up and God said, "Uh uh-oh, what do I do with this person? You're here for a reason. And it's important for you to find out what that is. What is it that God is putting you that is going to change the world that you're in? So I'm excited for you. Thank you for listening today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you tell your friends about the show. Thank you for visiting the website, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-